and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I am Kelly DeLeon with Treasure Data, and we are partnering with CDO Magazine, MIT CDOIQ, and the International Society of Chief Data Officers in a series of interviews. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Prachi Priya, Chief Data Officer at Team One. Welcome. I'm so excited to talk with you. Thank you, Kelly. I'm really glad to be here. So let's just kind of start with a little bit about you. Talk us through a day in your life as the Chief Data Officer of Publicist Group's Team One. You know, what are you tasked with achieving on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Prachi Priya, Chief Data Officer for Team One, uh, which is a fully integrated media, digital, and communications agency. We're headquartered in LA. Um, I believe is we have we want to make our brands remarkable or be replaceable. So the whole idea is to make our brands remarkable. Um, we're also part of the larger Publicis Group, which is one of the oldest and largest marketing communication companies. Uh, my role, what am I tasked with achieving? So as a CDO, or I, rather I call data evangelist, my key responsibility is to empower the businesses or clients that I work with by providing thought leadership on the importance and power of data, um, and how data can be leveraged to drive and accelerate business outcomes. Essentially, my job is to act as that glue uh, between the business and the data team, uh, providing rigorous oversight of the work uh, we do, and also managing the expectations of the stakeholder who are dependent on that work. And I always like to use a kitchen analogy on a cook. So if data is the raw ingredients to what we are making and producing, and if it's not of a premium quality, or if we do not have enough of it in the kitchen, or if we don't have enough tools in the kitchen, uh, then it slows down the whole product development. And in our case, it could be either the creative or the actual data product. But it also slows down the new items that we are uh, creating, and we'll have dissatisfied customers. So that's why I said we always, we're kind of like the glue that uh, connects the businesses together. And I'm talking about my day. Oh, hey, where do I start? It could, it could, I could be juggling between defining a data management strategy, uh, translating into tactical, implementable steps for the business, or uh, development of data monitoring, visualization tool, or any work that is related to improving customer experience. So that's my day as a CDO. It also includes uh, my role as a mom because I'm a mom as well. So it could actually be sometimes cooking or uh, playing with my boys as well. It's all part of life. I love it. Uh, very, very busy all the way around. I can tell. I I have, don't think I've ever heard the analogy of uh, the, the kitchen or the cooking analogy as one with data, but it's such a perfect analogy that you can have all of these ingredients in your you know in your pantry or in your refrigerator but if they're spoiled or if you don't have the tools <laughs> to to cook them or uh prepare them then uh you know the raw ingredients themselves uh can't can't really provide the value that you want them to so i love that analogy and it's certainly uh you know for organizations to be able to really unlock the power of their data. They have to think about the quality of those ingredients, the quality of data, right? Garbage in, garbage out. But then also what are the 
processes and the technology that is required to make all of that come together. So I love that analogy. Uh, so I know one of the things that you're really passionate about is diversity and inclusion. I know you're involved in a lot of different initiatives uh, around that um, important work. Can you just share a little bit more about us or with us, uh, you know, about your passion for that work and, and what you're doing in this area? Yes, absolutely. Uh, diversity and inclusion is extremely important to me. And I would say both personally and professionally. As a chief data officer uh, and a woman of color, I believe it's my responsibility to ensure first that our data practices are inclusive and unbiased. Uh, we are using data to drive positive social impact. One of the initiatives that I'm really proud of, uh, of our work is promoting diversity in data science and analytics. Uh, we recognize that there is actually really significant underrepresentation of women and people of color in these fields, and we want to help change that. And I, I'm here for that. Uh, we have implemented a number of programs that aims uh, to support and mentor underrepresented groups in data and technology, uh, scholarships, um, for people to attend camps, trainings, partnering with local organizations to provide mentorship and training program. Uh, one of the organizations that I work closely with is Women in Data uh, that helps with the mentorship and training programs, and they're fantastic. It's such an important area to make sure that there is, as you said, representation within the data field, because there's so much of our world that is run by data, decisions that can be made by data, uh, and certainly with the proliferation of things like AI influencing so many things around our world. But if the that can also go wrong. There can be so much bias uh, in data. And so if we don't have, you know, a diverse group of people thinking about these things, working on these things and making sure that, you know, the way that we're using data is appropriate, we can definitely go down a wrong, a wrong path. So thank you for all that you're doing in this area. It's such a very important one. Uh, I know another uh, area that you are passionate about, uh, you shared a little bit, uh, you know, that you're a, a working mom and certainly you are a, a woman in a leadership position as well. You, you know, sit on the C-suite in, uh, you know, a prominent company within one of the world's largest communications groups. So, you know, I would love to just hear a little bit more about your perspective on women in leadership. What strides have you seen made and, and what are the, the future changes that you are hoping, hoping to see? Yeah, absolutely. And I would start with one of my favorite quotes of life. Uh, it's a quote by Maya Angelou. And she, this quote is, each time a woman stands up for herself without knowing it possibly, without claiming it, she stands up for all women. And that that kind of drove me, inspired me to be a strong advocate for women, and especially women in leadership. And I, and I can say I'm really proud to be a part of an organization that recognizes that value of diversity at all levels. And I'd say over the years, I have seen significant strides that has been made in this direction by opening more doors for female leaders. Um, for example, Team One and Publicist Group have implemented programs and initiatives that are aimed at supporting and promoting women in leadership positions. Uh, we have made a conscious effort to ensure that our hiring and promotion practices are 
inclusive, unbiased. Um, this means not just look considering uh, gender or other demographic, but all inclusive, looking at skills, experience, potential for growth and whatnot. But I still say there's still a long way to go in terms of achieving that true gender equality in leadership. The, the statistics are still pretty staggering. And we just had women, um, what was that? International Women Women's Day. And the whole uh, that the whole purpose is equity. I was looking at the stats for women, uh, the jobs that are covered by women in data and AI, and women still only make up all inclusive about 25% of all jobs in AI and uh, analytics. And I'm not gonna be talking about leadership. And number of Fortune 500 company CEOs, still less than 10%. So it's good, it's powerful to see that we have come so far globally. It's also important to recognize that we still have you know, ways to go before we actually embrace that equity. And I'll say one thing, you asked a question about what what else uh, we are looking to say, how, how do we improve this? So much of what was written around that uh, International Women's Day was about a research that were reported in binary terms, men versus women. When in fact, I will say women's lived experiences are so often formed at the intersection of gender and race or ethnicity that you know, underscores the different experiences of men and women in their in the workplace. So if you look at women as a monolith, it just loses that nuances. An example, the struggle of a white woman in workforce may not necessarily be comparable or even similar to that of a black working woman or black working women will be facing completely different barriers to those women from Hispanic or Asian descent. Mm -hmm. Still, I'll say acknowledging that is a very good starting point, but much work needs to be done in that area. I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, that's, to me, I'm happy we're having these conversations. We have made a lot of progress, but as you said, even just looking at it in these, you know, two sort of big monolithic groups is not really an accurate rep representation of our world and of the challenges and different experiences that people have. And so I am looking forward to continuing these types of conversations that really acknowledge the full spectrum of the types of people that we work with and the full value that comes from diverse experiences and making sure that everyone you know has a voice and can feel represented and can show up as themselves and that we understand how to continue to reduce bias and make the boardroom look like the rest of the world and be more, uh, you know, representative of, um, you know, the full range of people that should be, you know, contributing to businesses in the same way that they do in our world. So thank you for your perspective on that. I appreciate it. Um, obviously, you have a, a pretty uh, prestigious role and have, you know, grown in your career throughout uh, the time uh, in your time of in being in the data and analytics space. Just wondering if you have a piece of advice that you would share with someone who's maybe just getting started, maybe a key skill or area that they should develop uh, to grow in their career. Okay. I'll start with saying that this is the most exciting field to be in. 
right? And, and I'm sure you agree, Kelly, because we, we are kind of in the same area. This is ever evolving, changing, a lot of challenges and, and fun. So if you're just getting started in the data and analytics space, I'm not going to talk about analytics focus skills because of course you're going to learn the tools. You're going to learn R or Python or SQL or visualization, but having some clarity on what kind of role excites you in this data and analytics space will be your first step because you could go, there's a range of roles that are available in this field. It could be a data scientist or you, you would be an analyst or a data storyteller or a data strategist. So having some clarity on that is important. And second, I would say is instead of being enamored by all the tools and technologies that we have to enable better analytics, focus on the objectives or what business outcomes we are trying to achieve. So if you have, if you do that rigor of connecting our data analytics objectives to business objectives, that's when magic happens. It's easier to get buy-in, it's easier to get funding, it's easier to go show the impact of what we do in data and analytics. Like I will say that is my number one piece of advice for anyone starting in the grow that skill all is connected to what the business is trying to do. I love, love, love that point of being focused on the business objectives. Certainly, you know, I work for Treasure Data. We are a technology provider. We're a CDP. So it might sound strange that I'm saying, oh, yes, don't focus on the technology, focus on the business objectives. But that's actually our perspective at Treasure Data, too. When we're working with customers, we want to make sure that we're understanding the business objectives, you know, both at the tactical level, maybe it's improving, you know, marketing segmentation to improve response or reduce costs, or maybe it's something much more back office, like, you know, understanding customer data to drive, you know, demand planning and inventory management, but whatever those things are, yes, you have to have the technology underlying it, you have to have the data underlying it, but the most important thing is understanding what is that business objective what is the transformation that we're trying to achieve and laddering everything back to that so that you really can unite the whole organization around the why we're doing this and make sure that you're actually achieving those goals, achieving those objectives, whether it's operational efficiency or cost savings or revenue drivers. If you're focused on that, then the rest of the stuff, as you said, whether it's getting funding or getting people aligned or, you know, getting processes in place, the rest of it will happen. It's not easy, but it still will happen. But if you can be make sure that you're really clear on those objectives, that is that is absolutely the key for sure. So thank you um, for taking the time to join me today and just share your perspective and your experience. I've really learned a lot. So thank you so much for joining me today, Prachi. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for inviting me to this. I really enjoyed our conversation and geeking out on all things data. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. And thank you, Prachi, and have a great day.